Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast of the best shows on TV. I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. And we're here bringing you some Mr. Robot. Uh, this was uh, episode three? Was it three? Three? Two? two I, the first episode was a part. It was one and two. I, I don't know how you want to call it. Well, we're going to call it three. And it's uh, three. something Colonel. Like I, I don't understand the titles. They're very difficult for me yeah, on the eyes. You struggle with the titles. Yeah, you know. Colonel Panic. And uh, who is the director on this one? Once again, we are coming in with Sam Esmail, written and directed by. This is this is definitely his show. It really is. Let me ask you, is that difficult, you know, writing and directing everything all by yourself? Well, um, it depends on how long ago he wrote it, which probably was a while ago. And um, on TV, there's less changes that happened to the script into directing so yeah. he probably was able to visualize the episode before he even got on set so in a way it might even be easier okay interesting and i mean you get to see your vision come to life so i'm sure that's always exciting you don't have someone else kind of ruining 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 it or changing it well, changes always happen on set no matter what, but with a show like this that's so out of the norm, I'm sure that they stay uh, true to the original blueprint more than a lot of uh, popular shows on TV. Good deal. Well, I mean, language is still vastly different than any other show on television that isn't HBO or anything, and really, I think they drop more F-bombs than most HBO shows. It's not even, uh, so yes, obviously the F-bombs are big, but they also say goddamn. Yep. And uh, if you notice, that my favorite thing is on the radio when there's like goddamn in a song, and, and it's usually, you know, to the window, to the wall. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and they always beep out the god and not the damn. The, and I mean, the radio is very crafty with how they edit songs and they put little noises in perfectly, but... USA is just going all out, and even when they do censor it, you know exactly what they're saying. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, I just really want to give USA a big round of applause for just being regular, basic television and allowing this kind of language. Well, I'm sure they are literally paying for it. (laughs) Yes, yes they are. And, I mean, hopefully happily, because this show is off to another seller start. What do you think about this episode? Um, I I liked this episode. I have to say the sequence where Elliot is on Adderall is some of the funniest, like, not just on this show, but funniest, like, montages I've ever seen. Like, when he holds up the plate, and he's like, this plate is immaculate. <laughs> yes. I lost it. I lost it. I watched it, like, five times. I was loving that because it reminded me of Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire, but in a better way. Like, it was how that was supposed to be done. Well, it reminded me of college. <laughs> oh, man. I I don't know if we want to hear those stories here. Maybe not here. <laughs> but uh, you know, I thought it was another great episode. I thought that they brought up some more questions. And, I mean, really, we had I had a lot of feedback on uh, Facebook and stuff, people and Twitter, people asking us questions, like, is Ray real? Is his best friend, uh, who's played by Joey Badass, I forget his name, the one that no, gives I don't remember his name the one that gives him the drugs. Is he real? And was uh, the phone call from Tyrell Tyrell real? What do you have any uh, stabs in the dark at any of those? Well, I 
personally uh, would like them all to be real. Okay. Because I'm I'm tired of the tropes of oh they were in a mental hospital the whole time or oh they were dead the whole time. Well, that that's oh, another big thing was do we think that Elliot is in a mental hospital? And I'm leaning towards no on that. There's too much interaction with people. I'm personally leaning towards no. Obviously, you know, we're not really supposed to know the difference between what's real and what's not, especially with the uh, cement pouring scene, but we'll get to that. Yes. Um, but I think that his interactions with people outside of, of course, Mr. Robot, I think that those are all real. Yeah, there's too many... The, these characters are interacting with too many other characters for them to be fake, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's too much backstory that we get. Like, you know, for example, with Ray, not only do we see him getting dialysis, sitting at a table, talking to nobody, but we also get him talking to a man about whatever Ray does for a living. I'm not entirely sure what he does. No clue. And if anyone does, we know we've missed something, please let us know. Tweet at us, send us a Facebook message. We, I we was are... just... I was left after that scene just like... Um, cool yeah i mean i think he's a salesman of some sort or maybe it's just like computer engineering because he's got a driver you know he seems pretty wealthy he has his own dialysis machine so he's not hurting he could be a headhunter i mean yeah you know i i really have no idea but i mean i gotta believe ray's real because we're seeing him outside of elliot scenes and he's got a dog for some reason i think this dog is a pretty big issue well, at this moment, Ray is kind of the most sympathetic character on the show. Yeah, I can definitely see that. sympathetic. All right, yeah. so we've got Ray is real. We've got Elliot not in a mental hospital. What about Leon? That was the uh, guy we couldn't think his name of. Leon. Oh, okay, I was about to be like, who's Leon? Yeah. Uh, Leon, well, I, I personally think he's real. Um, especially when, you know, you have that scene where all of a sudden... He's talking back to him about Seinfeld, and he's like, I don't like this man. Yeah, he's like, I do all the talking. But, I mean, it also got him the Adderall. He got him everything. For some reason, I'm just seeing all of it as real. As scenes without Mr. Robot, I'm seeing as real. Yeah, me too. And it's more fun if it's real because there's actual consequences. And so, very true. And it, it, with them being real, it seems like less lazy writing. Exactly. So if, if it were to cut, if they were to pull a, you know, a Shutter Island on us and he was crazy the whole time, I would be pretty upset. I would feel like I had been losted. Yes. And I would not I, be very, I would not be a happy camper in, in the terms of there lost. are a lot of stereotypes and cliches in this show. Um, I would be pretty disappointed if they pulled one of the ultimate yeah. like, M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> kind of things. What a twist. <laughs> twist on twist. It's, like, it's not really a twist, though. We've seen it 87 times. But that brings us back to the Tyrell phone call. So was that real? Because it's just Mr. Robot. He said he would connect them. I think it is. Okay. Because he goes to sleep, mm-hmm. and then he wakes up on the phone. So I think Mr. Robot you know, took over Elliot as he does and gave him some information. Yeah. Well, I was leaning, before the episode, you know, on Twitter and stuff, someone asked us, a U.S. TV addict, and he asked if uh, the phone call was real. And before I watched the episode, I said yes. 
But after talking about it and doing all these little things, now I'm leaning towards no. I'm thinking that the Tyrell phone call was just all in his head. I still kind of believe that it's real because we've seen Tyrell reach out to his wife and try to call his wife. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's definitely trying to reach out to people. Okay. No, and I mean, I like that we're disagreeing on that. And I'm excited to see if what ends up being true. Yeah. And so, you know, we get that phone call, and it doesn't really lead us anywhere. You know, it's just he doesn't believe it's safe. And Mr. Robot saying he held up his end. Now he's wanting to get back out of the analog world. He wants to go back digital. And Elliot still isn't ready for that. Yeah, Elliot is, does some, I, I feel like we're about third, a third of the way through, or third or a fourth, I'm not sure how long this season's going to be for them, but based off the episode length of season one, we're a third of the way through the season. And um, I think it's like his last ditch effort to remain in the world he's created for himself. And that's why he takes like 12 Adderall in one sitting. And Satan just popping him, looking him in the eye. I really liked how he was just like, I'm going to defeat you no matter what it takes. And he didn't sleep for, what, six days straight? So many days, just popping Adderall. And that, that does not seem like a good antidote to get rid of somebody. Just Adderall. No, you know, generally Adderall isn't the answer. No, which is weird because most people who have to take Adderall hate it, but people who don't have to take it love it. It's one of the weirdest drugs. That's because Adderall makes you focus. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're the kind of person that has like ADD or ADHD, it makes, I guess it makes you feel boring and leveled out, kind of like antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And then for people, you know like my joke earlier that are in college it's just kind of like this 10 hour bender of extreme focus okay good, good and for elliot it's like he's actually able at least for five or six days to live uh life like a normal human because his special brain is turned off well a normal extremely happy human yeah <laughs> The, the part where he gets up and starts screaming amen like, over <laughs> and over and over. Oh, man. Like, that whole montage was just working for me the entire way through. And it was good to have some cheer in such a dark show. Even if it's, like, black comedy. Yes. It's still, yeah, it's still it's definitely needed. good to see, especially when all of the secondary characters are having a continuing into darker and darker places well speaking of darker and darker places romero is pretty much in the darkest place that you can go or the lightest place depending on what you believe (laughs) but uh you know we get romero back he's trying to sell them the essentially f society's headquarters because oh no he's not trying to sell it well i mean not sell it but rent it for them i thought that uh I don't know what his name is, but the kind of bigger other F Society dude who was talking to him in the beginning. Yeah. Um, um, I think he's trying to to get it from him, and Romero is not interested in getting back into the life. Mobley. Well, Mo- well it, Mobley was the bigger character, but Romero's like, hey, since it's you, I'll rent it to you for half of the, for half price, so 2500 a month. Yeah. And, I mean, it's interesting that, you know, we get this whole opener of him talking about all the previous owners and how they died... And uh, and then he ends up like them, 
Yeah, and we don't know why. So is it like, is the place cursed? Oh, or... you know, I, I don't think it's cursed or anything. I think it's just a series of unfortunate events for all of these owners. It's, it's fun for me to believe it's cursed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, might not be true, and it probably isn't. And the logic side of me says, girl, shut up. But I want to believe it's true. Okay. I mean, you, you stay believing over there that's cursed, but I'm sticking with it's just a series of unfortunate events. Wow. And so with that, we get the good old FBI lady. I don't know if she's just an agent or investigator or whatnot, but we get to see a, not necessarily just a day in her life, but how she gets ready, how she winds down from a day, yeah. and uh, how she's so much better at her job than everybody else is at their job. Which is pretty yeah, astronomical. I think she's just a head investigator, you know. Um, I I like her. I think she's interesting. You know, we get that that opening scene of her getting, you know, not being able to sleep, so she just gets ready and goes to work. And uh, I think all women will will relate with this when you know you're getting up and you just like you can't you can't make yourself look good that day. It's just not going to happen. She tries to do something with her hair, ends up putting it in a ponytail. There's the montage of her putting on makeup. And then there's that uh, look she gives herself in the mirror that all women are unfortunately very familiar with, where it's like, well, this is the best it's going to get today. <laughs> the, the thing that I really loved about that scene was how she was pounding coffee over and over again. It was like, and fill up, go, 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 and fill up, go, go, go. And I just thought that, yeah, you know, if you haven't slept all night, that's pretty much what you're going to be doing. Yeah, I wish, like, Every time I see people getting, you know, woken up by coffee, I wish I was the kind of person that was affected by caffeine because I feel like it's really helpful. It, it truly is. It is a great way to start the morning. And then we also see how she winds down from a night of work by uh, little, little late night chat rooms. <laughs> that was funny. Honestly, like, I know we're supposed to feel, like, sad and whatnot about it, but I was kind of just like, all right, girl. Yeah, and then, and just finishing, she was just like, well, that was utterly pointless. I guess I'll stay awake for the rest of the night. What else am I going to do? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, we get to Romero. We find him dead because that's where his buddy finds him, trying to get a little bit more information from him. And Mobley finds him at his uh, mom's house dead and we don't really know what for you know Mobley's thinking it's the oh what is it the black army the black army but um darlene's not really leaning towards that she's like the dark army doesn't even know that any of y'all were involved so why would they be gunning for you yeah i think that it's tyrell personally but what for? I mean, he was excited that they were able to release this virus on the world. So, I mean, he has no reason to kill the people that helped him. But, you know, there's that moment where they're talking about how, like, they're the loose ends. and But loose ends to what? Something. Like, I mean, it's already released. Tyrell's already a wanted person. I don't know, dude. I just think that Tyrell thinks that Romero was going to spill or something. Because he did seem kind of... Uh, not wanting to join back up 100%. At least he resisted in the beginning, so I don't know. That's all I could think, but then again, you know, we've got Gideon being killed, and 
I think maybe they're trying to kill everyone associated with the event. Yeah, I mean, maybe the only thing I could see what you're saying is Tyrell's trying to protect Elliot because they don't know who Elliot is yet. And maybe these people would flip on Elliot. But outside of that, I would still lean that being more towards Mr. Robot instead of Tyrell. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, but, but... Okay. Wasn't Romero killed while Elliot was on his Adderall bender? No, no, no. I think that happened before. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that happened before uh, his Adderall bender. But, I mean, he could have issued that hit before he went on it anyway. I mean, it's not like they talked about it. So, I mean... I guess. I just feel like he would have done it himself. Who? Mr. Robot. Well, no. But, I mean, I'm saying, like, he could have issued it before all of that happened. And then it just took a little bit of time for him to nail down the schedule of when he wanted to kill him. You know? Okay. That's 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 a fair assumption. That's just what I'm feeling. But then we get to the crime scene and everything, and our FBI agent knows to uh, kind of expect, don't just touch the computer. You know, they're putting in a lot of safe calls for it to just automatically self-combust. And no one else at this crime scene thinks to do that. Well, I liked her because, you know, we really see the difference between, like, she's very professional when she needs to be. Like, you know, she tells him, she's like, you should really go get these tabs from your doctor. It's really irresponsible of you to infect the whole unit. Yeah, you know? she was being, like, it was being perceived that she was bitchy, but she was just being extremely professional. I, I just, uh I resent that people would see her as bitchy at all just for being good at her job. Yeah, but I mean, but, I just thought she was being, like, the most professional way. Of not being an asshole, but telling you, hey, you really shouldn't be here contaminating every single piece of evidence and risking getting all of us sick. Well, and, you know, she really knew her stuff. And when we kind of see her at home, she's the height of just like a normal kind of lonely person. And then when she gets to work, it's like she comes alive. Yep. And I mean, she gets really excited to do her job because she's really good at it. Yeah. And I mean, she... She definitely does her job by the end of that episode. Yes, I mean, she finds out, well, she thinks she finds out F Society's headquarters. Well, I just I just love that part where she walks up on the arcade and it literally says F Society. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, <laughs> nobody found this. Well, and like, the thing that gets me is, uh, Romero said, you know, how the UNN fell off, that's a different story. And so now I'm a little upset that we're not going to find out that story. Maybe we will. I don't know. Now that Romero's dead, I'm sure that Mowgli will try to take back over the arcade, or she will find out. Find out but what? In my experience, if a show says that's another story, we're going to find out that story later. Maybe, but I mean, we have no one to tell us that story. I mean, I guess the only other person who knows is still in prison, who was his cellmate who gave Romero the key. True. So I just don't see how we figure out what that story is. But then we have another character who had an, a pretty strong role this episode, in my opinion, in Angela. Angela is interesting because, you know, we get uh, the big boss asking her to dinner. And obviously, all of us are thinking, oh, God, you know. Well, even before, like, she was, before she gets asked for dinner, she has a strong play with the big boss. 
You know, he's like, hey, you know, we need to move off of this and go to CNN. And she's like, well, I think that's a dumb move. Like, no, we need to stick with Bloomberg. And I think he was testing her. I, I do, too. I really think that that was a test to see if she would stand her ground. Which she did. And then he immediately invites her to dinner. And the show was really smart because the show knew that we were all going to assume, oh, God, he's trying to, you know, have an affair with her. And because of that, I never thought that he was trying to sleep with her. I thought it was strictly professional the entire time. Because he caught too many small things, like her looking at the picture every time that she walked in and walked out. I was like, there's a different agenda here. I thought so as well, especially because, you know, we see that Angela thought the same thing and Mm -hmm. that she was obviously going to try and use it to her benefit. But, I mean, she definitely walked in strutting her stuff like she was there on a date with him. And then those two other guys were there, and she went, oh, that sort of power is gone. And, you know, by the end of that dinner, when he gives her the information to be able to put them away, it's obvious that, you know, even though he's giving it to her, he has the upper hand still. Okay, so before we started, we talked about this scene a little bit, and we viewed this completely opposite. Or not opposite, just we had two different viewpoints. So you're seeing it as what? I saw it as kind of, sort of, two things. Okay. Number one, a test of her loyalty um, to the company. Because, you know, there was always that thing, why why did you hire me if I'm suing you? Yeah. Um, So I think that was him being like, I know you like your job. You know, what are you going to do about this? And also, I think he's using her to get rid of the people that he doesn't want in the company. Because if she gets rid of them with her information, it doesn't come back to him. Yeah. And he definitely doesn't need any more added heat onto himself. So, yeah, that's my opinion. I think he hired Angela to use her to clean out his company. Okay. And I guess mine is... Kind of in that frame, but not really. Because I saw it as, I want to know how badly you want to keep this job and how much you want to move up. I saw him giving her that information as another test to decide if she wanted their jobs badly enough to ruin their lives, get them fired, and set them back in a way that they'll never be able to recover. So essentially knowing that she ruined their lives. I agree with that, but the, the thing that kind of set me off is that he looks at her and he's, he goes, they were in that room. You know, they were eminently reasonable men who, you know, have families and whatnot, but they made that decision that led to your mother dying. Yeah, which saw it as another th- reason to, you know, how badly do you want this? You know, how badly do you want to move up? Will you trample the people that trampled on you? I think both interpretations are legitimate, and maybe it's a little bit of both. You know, I mean, maybe it is a little bit of both. Hopefully they let us know. Hopefully there's a little bit more writing in the next episode that gets us back to this. But I also want to ask about her hair. Did she Uh, she have that popular, like, half-shaved off? Skrillex haircut? Yeah, it looks like half of her head's shaved off. No, it's just the way it's styled. Um, it's a traditionally very masculine look. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw that hairstyle at the beginning of the episode, I went, oh, all right. Because that's uh, one of the things they do for a female character to be like, oh, she's 
coming into her own. She's picking career because her hair is masculine. So really, yeah, I mean, well, that's an interesting little tidbit to know. Yeah, it's it's like you know, in the first season, her hair was like mermaid hair. Yeah. And now it's very sleek. It's very polished. Uh, she's wearing more makeup. You know, all things to indicate growing up, mm-hmm. but also becoming harder as a human. She's definitely becoming, developing a thick skin. That is for yes. sure. And I'm excited to see, no, not necessarily excited, because I think she's going to go more into the big business and further away from Elliot, which I'm excited to see our first Elliot and Angela scene whenever we do get that just to see how much both of them have changed. But I think that she's going to become, ultimately, the big villain. And that's what this hard skin she's developing is for. That would be fun. And uh, I don't know how it's going to happen or anything, because she's not necessarily the most computer literate, but it's going to be a good fight, I think. Yeah, I agree. And then, so we also have, we didn't get much Darlene this episode, did we? No, not really. We kind of got the scene where they're talking about Romero, and then we've got the scene where they're trying to re-recruit um, the other hacker girl. Yeah. And uh, we, we see her family, which we learned in season one was her reason for doing it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was kind of a, a nice little touch. And Darlene's just chilling in the back, like, and we'll talk whenever you clear the room. Yeah. Which I really like how much power she's uh, showing off just by using silence and everything. I mean, I agree, especially because she's kind of a, a more muted mm-hmm. this season, which I kind of appreciate, if I'm being honest, because Darlene uh, definitely was all talk. I mean, I don't think she was all talk. It was just her skill wasn't necessarily the most important in everything. Well, it was just because, you know, when we had that scene where they talked about, like, why why they, they were doing it. Yeah. And then for Darlene, it was just the chaos. So she, at first, she had a very kind of superficial, almost childish... Reason. Reasoning. And now that she's living in that world, it's changing, and that's why I like her more. Okay. No, I can definitely see that. And she didn't really deliver with the Dark Army, so that didn't help her either. Well, I mean, she well, she didn't. Elliot did, I yes. suppose. Elliot was the one that ended up coming through when it was all said and done. Yeah, and that's kind of why they were suspicious of Elliot, because, you know, they talk about... She's like, oh, I'm the only one that's ever had dealings with the Dark Army, and they're like, no, you're not. Yeah. You know, Elliot knows, and she's like, well, Elliot's not going to say anything. Which I think is true. Mr. Robot might. But I don't exactly, think Elliot would. which is Elliot, so who knows what he'll do. Yeah. And so, we also have Ray. I, I know we don't know really what he's doing and stuff, but he's going and talking to somebody. Like, he's recruiting them to do a job that they just yeah. don't know how to do. And which so, is why I kind of thought maybe he's a headhunter. I'm not really entirely sure because he's just talking to that guy and he's like, I want, I want to help you reach your potential. And that could be any number of things. And I don't think we're supposed to know yet. No. But do you, can you take a stab at what do you think he's trying to do? Oh. I mean, you got any guesses at all? 
Not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I think he's still trying to redistribute money in some shape, way, or form. I don't really know what for or how he's going to do it, but I think big business money is what his end goal is. And I'm agreeing. Why do you think that's what he's trying to do? Because that's the only really thing I can see Elliot wanting to team up with him for. And because I don't see war being an issue or anything. I see it being strictly, or maybe it's uh, information because Elliot was so big in the first season about getting everybody's info and finding their weakness and everything and not necessarily ruining their lives but getting them arrested or having their crimes paid for. And so I think it's either going to end up being with money or information gathering that gets used to take down E-Corp from that direction. Well, that makes sense because, you know, when he came to Elliot, at first he said it was for his wife, and then we learned that his wife died in a car accident. Yep. That wasn't her fault. And so maybe he's trying to use Elliot to bring down that person. Possibly it was a higher up at E-Corp or somewhere else, and he's trying to make them atone for their crimes. Is that the right word? I think yes. That, yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see what Ray ends up having him do, because I do think that they're going to end up working together. I like Ray. Uh, I love all the new ads. I I don't think that they've had a bad casting for any of the new people that they added. Uh, that's like that's like what I said to you earlier. Like Ray's the most traditionally sympathetic character on the show right now. I mean, like he's sick. He's got a dog. Yes, the dog. You know. I don't know if he's necessarily sympathetic because I think he's got a lot of not necessarily evil, but power in his character. I feel like we just haven't seen it been exercised yet. I think we've seen it exercised. I mean, the dude immediately started driving when he told him. The guy was in fear when Ray was in the room with him. He was able to sit down and eat with Elliot, no problem. I mean, we're seeing a lot of power from Ray. Now, it might not be, like, outwardly spoken, but we're seeing him flex his muscle. That's fair. And so uh, I'm excited to see how powerful Ray is. Or maybe he's just a pawn from Tyrell, and that's how he's keeping an eye out on him, if Tyrell's still around. I feel like Tyrell's around. Yeah, I mean, he's too big, he's too good of a computer hacker for him to not still be around. And he's too weird and interesting of a character. I don't know if he's, he's a very power-hungry character. I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily weird. Well, I mean, you know, anybody who feels absolute triumph after murdering somebody's got something. Oh, going that, on that's in their true. Head. That, that's very true. For some reason, her him murdering her just completely left me. Yeah, just left. You. I was. I thought it did because I was like, well. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, a little bit sadistic. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely go with a little bit sadistic. Just a little bit sadistic. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else that really happened in this episode, but nothing's popping up to me. Um, I need to take a moment to talk about Elliot's fabulous There Is No God speech. Oh my god, that entire speech was amazing. So, when he started, I was like, oh god, he's gonna do the There Is No God speech. Yes. Because... Every drama show has one. Like, right now, I'm watching Supernatural, 
So there's a there is no God speech pretty much every episode. So when I when I hear them, usually I like pucker down. I'm like, all right, we're you know. How well can you do this? But the way it was done Mm -hmm. was number one so interesting. Like he's just laying back in his chair and he's completely blasé and he's like, no, this is stupid and ridiculous and. It's like I can't even pick out specific things that he said, which I usually can, because I was just so carried away by the feeling of just absolute done. Yeah, well, I mean, and we we see how much Gideon's death is really affecting him just in the speech, you know, because, I mean, he specifically brings him up. And he's like, why did it kill my innocent friend who did nothing? You know, why did your God choose that? But he's like, well, okay, you know, let's scratch that. Let's move on to something else. And then, like, he brings up another great point, and then he's just like, well, okay, you know, let's go on. Let's, and, like, he keeps yeah, let's, doing let's erase complete random chance. Yeah. And then go on to all the decisions people have made to kill in his name. But let's go away from human nature. And, and it just kind of ends up being this completely cyclical thing where, you know, it comes back to the argument I think a lot of people feel where it's like, if there is a God, he must not care or there isn't one at all. Yeah. And just the way that they got to that point, I thought was uniquely done. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Especially because, you know, we see, I just remembered this. I watched it last week where um, he threw away his notebook and then Ray ends up with it. Yes. How did that happen? Yet again, just another example of Ray flexing some power that is just done quietly. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that was Mr. Robot ended up giving it to him after all the Adderall was out of the system. I think so as well. Well, no, because it was that night. He was in the cafe after the church group, so he still hadn't slept yet. Okay. But I do think that Ray has a much deeper understanding of Elliot's condition yeah. than we've really been led to believe yet, because he really understands that there's a, there are completely, two completely different personalities to this person. Mm-hmm. And I think he's interacting a lot with the other one. Oh, clearly. He's definitely got contact with Mr. Robot and everything. And not necessarily a lot of interactions with Elliot. And so seeing how this gets balanced is going to be interesting going, moving forward. Yes. And speaking of that, you know, we do have the cement scene. which oh, it was so gross. Okay, so I actually had a feeling that, that none of that was real. Okay. When, uh, he was the... running because he had just popped all those Adderall and everything. Yeah, like, he just popped all his Adderall, and then all of a sudden he's being dragged away by men. And I just remember thinking, it's too early in this season for him to get caught. Yeah. So I don't think this is real. But although, like, just a little minor thing, switching it from, like, oil or water or something to straight cement. Like, what a great change. At no point in time have I ever thought, you know what would be great to force feed somebody? Ready mix. But... You know what? They're gonna die. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're not oil. Like, I was like, okay, Three Kings, you know, with Marky Mark, and they're just pumping the oil into him. No, like, you're not spitting ready mix out of your mouth. Like, that's just, it's game over. Yeah, and, you know, and I think it was clever of Mr. Robot 
to use Elliot's fantasies to get him to throw up the medication, which is what he wanted. Uh huh. And so, just perfect. But oh, and then seeing him vomit. And then eat the pills again. I was actually like, I don't gag easily. Yeah. And I was almost gagging. And not just re-eat them but i mean he oh. is searching through this like it is the x marks the spot on the world's greatest treasure and just smearing all, all oh man that, that was definitely a tough watch and all i can think about when actors are doing really really gross scenes like that uh-huh. is how long did it take to shoot that how long did he have to mess with that stuff and have it on his face and I know it's obviously not real throw-up, but it's still gross. Like. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that you want to be shifting your hands throughout and then lean back against the wall with a satisfied smile. Yeah, it's like it's like fake blood, you know? Uh, when, you, when you have characters in horror movies that, you know, are covered in, like, fake blood and stuff like that, it's sticky, and it smells weird, and it's gross. <laughs> no, I... I Definitely do not want to be covered in any fake blood or real blood. Neither one of those sound like something that I want to do. If I had to choose, though. It, it's going to be fake blood. Yeah. Because I'm not a vampire. No. Nope, not quite. Not yet. But, okay, now I really do think that that is everything of the episode. I can't think of anything else. Uh, I, I'll have to agree with you on that. But um, if not, guys, if we missed something or said something you didn't like or particularly agree with or you did and you just want to give us a comment, please do. You can find us on Stitcher or Podbean. You can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at TV Podcast or email us any questions at TV Podcast at Gmail. And I think that's going to about wrap it up. For in the meantime, I'm Cash. And I'm Larissa. Have a great night. <laughs>